This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome here live this wonderful Sunday morning or afternoon, wherever you may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to answer any questions you may have. And today we are very fortunate to have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Chad Dodd, a colleague, uh, a friend who actually works with us as well on AirVet. And um, he, you know, it's very interesting. There are two things I want to kind of go over today. And, and number one is just what Chad is working on now. With a uh, you know a great product, you move. You can notice from a shirt, chat if you sit up. Maybe we can see that logo. There we go. And um, but also more importantly, and I've talked about this before, what kind of amazing, wonderful profession we are in as veterinarians because we are one of the more versatile professions on the planet with what you can do with that DVM degree. And Chad is the quintessential uh, example <laughs> of that. And and I want to share with you. So you know, for any parents or friends of people that you think. Have you know no kids that are thinking about veterinary medicine? This is the, the kind of show that that's going to get them so interested because it really shows how many different things you can do with this degree. And and, and I mean I mean that seriously. For me, it's practicing, and I've ventured out and I do some things in the media and I have some products. But you know I'm I'm still you know a practitioner, and yet I have colleagues, I have friends, I have classmates that practice very little and yet have very successful careers as veterinarians. And when you think about industry. And how many industries need veterinarians, veterinary medicine? It's unbelievable. So we're going to talk about that in the second half of our show as well. But first of all, Chad, welcome. Well, thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate that, Dr. Jeff. Great to and see so, you. And so, so tell us, first of all, about a little bit about you, your background, your education, and then we're going to get into talk a little bit about you move. Yeah, you bet. So I'm a Florida kid, uh, was raised in South Florida and then ventured off into the Midwest to get my, my degrees in college. And uh, I'm a 99 graduate of Kansas State University College of Vet Med. So um, after veterinary school, I actually ventured off into, um, I did some work at the Animal Medical Center in New York City, loved that, you know, fantastic opportunity to work with some of the world's experts in lots of different types of diseases. Now, the types of things that practitioners deal with every day in a small animal practice. But then I was actually really fortunate to get an opportunity to work in a clinical research role. And if you reel back in time, there was actually quite a bit of work being done looking at dogs as models for disease. And I was fortunate to work on a project. It was Pfizer Animal Health at the time, working with this company called Draxis, which was essentially uh, a group that had developed a compound for dogs with cognitive dysfunction. So similar to what people get with Alzheimer's disease, dogs actually have a similar type of disease. They call it cognitive dysfunction. Um, and we were working on a drug for dogs specifically for that condition. So um, it opened up a whole new realm of what my veterinary degree and practice could look like for the future. I had no idea. You know, they don't tell you these things in vet school that, hey, you know, you can go down this path, or you can go down that path. As you said, a lot of folks think about veterinary medicine as just the, the standard practice, which is fantastic. But it does provide a wonderful opportunity as a degree to really venture into a lot of different things. So, um, so I've done everything from clinical research to marketing and sales to helping new organizations create new products, services, drugs, foods, et cetera. So, um, and over the last really five and a half years, I've had my own consulting company where I help companies that are either starting into the industry, so pet care and animal health, 
So maybe some new drug development type adventures. And I also help some of the established companies, the pharmaceutical companies, nutrition companies, as they're out there educating both the profession and the public on new technologies that are coming into the market. So right. really, really you know, fantastic opportunities in this industry. Yeah, we're going to get some specifics um, a little later. I want to, um, first of all, for all of you out there, that if you have any questions, you know, there are a couple ways to get a hold of us. One, the good old-fashioned way, that telephone, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. But better yet, you can join us here live with me and, and uh, Dr. Dodd over uh, by going on to the Pet Life Radio website, you click on shows, you scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there is going to be a link there for Zoom, and you can join us here live with any questions you may have. And again, this would be great for people that know people that might be interested, have children. I mean, I have so many kids that call me high school, college. Uh, they want to come to my office. They want to you know, get a taste of, of veterinary medicine. And by the way, it's essential. And not only is it essential, we're going to talk a little later, but you need it to get into vet school. You need experience. So um, this is the great thing. But, you know, Chad, you got to remind me, you mentioned K-State. And another example I'm going to give you is Dr. Mike Dryden, all right? And how he got Dr. to where Flea. he is now. Uh, Dr. Flea, where he had no, you know, he hated parasitology when he was in college at vet school. <laughs> so that's very interesting. So anyway, first of all, let's talk about you move. Tell us about it, how you got involved and what, you know, we know that joint issues. But now where I see this as being very important is COVID issue restrictions are starting to open up a bit. We're going to have a lot of people getting out there more to the, with their dogs and the dog parks and having more opportunities to exercise them. How important is U-Move going to be? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about U-Move and what U-Move is all about. And U-Move is actually, a, there's a company in the UK called Lentbells who started U-Move about nine years ago, or no, excuse me, 11 years ago. And the whole premise of U-Move was really around the founders of the company, John Howie and John Davies, they had a concern that as they looked at products that might be helpful for dogs with arthritis, they weren't able to find products that had all the quality ingredients, that had all the testing behind the ingredients that are really going to deliver a benefit to this chocolate Labrador named Charlie. And as scientists and as business people, they got together and said, you know what, we're going to solve this problem. And in 2009, they really kicked off this movement around um, developing a product that was going to be clinically tested. They had the good fortune of being close enough to the Royal Veterinary College, both in proximity but relationship, that they could actually develop a formulation, go work with the veterinary surgeons at the college, and do research to really you know, validate that the type of product they wanted to put into the marketplace was going to be one that could stand up to all the rigors of science. And how I got involved was about three years ago as a company, they, they've been in business, you know, 10, 15 years now, uh, they've been in the business in the UK, but they wanted to look at how could they expand the marketplace? How could they expand across Europe? How could they expand in the United States? Because of course, the US is a big market. And I was putting together what those plans will look like to launch. Now, we actually had a great opportunity here in January, right before all the COVID activity hit the, the U.S. and hit the world, um, where we launched the product at one of the major veterinary conferences, VMX. You know, you and I usually see each other there every year. Um, we actually launched the product there and then had a great showing, got a great interest in the veterinary profession, went to the Western Veterinary Conference, got them all excited, got those doctors really excited, and then COVID hits. And one of the things you can imagine as a company, you know, really, when you've got this great foundation, where you've got products that, you know, are clinically proven, they have all the support that clients are looking for when it comes to products that are going to provide the benefit to their dogs. 
Here you have a product that's been on the market for many, many years. Over a million dogs have used these products and seen the benefit of it. And we're now expanding that into the marketplace. And as you mentioned, you know, with, with pet owners having lived through and still living through, you know, whether it's a, you know, you're quarantined at home uh, or maybe your state ordinances say, hey, you, your local yes. ordinances say you can't go to a dog park. You know, all the things that you're looking to do as a pet owner. Well, the one great thing is you're actually spending a lot more time with your pets. Your cats may not think that's so great in most instances, but I think the dogs really are. Uh, my dog's actually sitting right here next to me. She's uh, she's waiting for a U-Move treat because she sees those as treats, not as nutritional supplements. But, um, you know, as a pet owner, we have a chance to to really spend time with them and, and get a sense of what are their daily routines like. And one of the things that we're finding is that a lot of pet owners, because they're spending more time with their pets these days, they're actually starting to pick up on some of the more subtle signs of things that might be an indication that the dog has arthritis. And U-Move is really a product that's going to help that dog live a happier, healthier, more active life. And at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for, right? We want to have good quality experiences with our dog. We want to live as long as they can live, but we want that to be a good quality of life. And a product like U-Move actually helps with that. And we'll get into all the details of kind of the benefits and features of the product. Let's talk for a second about, because you mentioned something that's very important, and a lot of people don't even know what to look for, or how do you how do you even suspect that a dog might be arthritic or exhibiting signs of arthritis? So yeah, let's, that's um, a, that's a great question. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we oftentimes hear, especially in older dogs, so, you know, those dogs that may be seven, eight, nine years of age, we hear pet owners say, you know, well, my dog's just getting old. Well, that's not really a diagnosis. That's not a disease. Right. Um, there's a multitude of things that go <laughs> along with time. that. Age is yeah, not a disease. <laughs> it's really not. But there's things that we can look for. So a lot of times, you know, you take your dog on a walk, maybe they're slowing down on the walk. You know, maybe um, when you watch them get up from a resting position, maybe they're a little slow to do that. Maybe you live in a home where you have stairs and all of a sudden the dog decides that ah, I'm not going upstairs anymore. Or, you know, maybe they're allowed to jump in and out of your SUV and they no longer can do that or they struggle doing that. Those are some of the more, you know, kind of obvious signs, but really just kind of keeping a close eye on your dog, knowing what their routines are. And if you see some of those changes, the best thing to do is to check with your veterinarian because they're going to help you do an assessment to figure out, does your dog indeed have some mobility issues? Right. So, um, Chad, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I would like to let's talk a little bit more about, you know, veterinary medicine. And uh, just the, the amazing areas where, you know, and I, I have story after story, and I'm sure you do too. Uh, you know, vets, we're classmates together. Everybody wants to, you know, I don't think you start veterinary medicine thinking you're going to do something other than practice. For most of the, the stories that I've heard, true, and I, and I have a number of them, as I said, including a couple of my classmates, uh, your experience, and again, Mike Dryden over at uh, K-State. So, and people need to hear this stuff because it's, I think it's fascinating. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to talk about, and plus, we'd love to hear from you. So any of any questions about general things, about veterinary medicine uh, or about you move, about arthritis in dogs, about some things to, you know, we're going to, now that we're, we're transitioning back to hopefully normal life, it's going to be a little different for our dogs. They're, they're getting used to us. And now what about destructive behavior? What about separation anxiety? All of a sudden, dog that was okay with it has gotten the taste of what it's like to have you at home all the time. Now they're going back to work and they say, well, well, wait, wait a second, what about me? So don't go away. We'll be back after these short messages. 
My dog, Mojo, was half beagle and half coonhound. He ate everything in sight. He would swallow things whole, including a chicken carcass, a bird nest with a bird in it, and assorted stones and sticks. We had to take him to the veterinary emergency room. After surgery, Mojo had skin issues. He was constantly itching and scratching, chewing on his feet, and chewing the hair right off of his legs, being irritated, lethargic, and just not the same dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff Weber here along with Dr. Chad Dodd from You Move. And, um, you know, we were talking about the, the versatility and the, the, the amazing profession that, that Chad and I are in, veterinary medicine. Um, and, and, you know, how many of, of people that get into vet school already know that or think about a, a career in industry or as a sales rep or uh, working as a veterinary technical advisor for a food company or a product company or, or a pharmaceutical company or working with the CDC? I mean, there are so many things that veterinary, even in industry. You know, you realize that there are veterinarians, that, just like in medical uh, doctors. Uh, I met a guy on a plane once who was an MD, uh, OBGYN by training, and hated practice, hated it. And now he was, he, it turns out, because of his background and his medical degree, he went to work for the company called First Boston, which is a financial company in Boston. <laughs> He's making a fortune as an advisor in anything to do with medical, bio, biomedical, bioscience, biopharmacy. And, and he's the guy. So it just shows you all the things you can do. You know, I have one of my classmates. We had a fifth-year option uh, that's called an NPVM, a Master's of Veterinary Preventive Medicine. And she took it. And her interest was children and zoonotic diseases, these are diseases, animal diseases that affect kids. So she started going as a veterinarian with an NPVM. So she was a DVM, NPVM to these pediatric infectious disease conferences as a veterinarian, thinking that, oh, my God, they would love her input as a veterinarian, how to stop it, how to educate parents, all these things that we have to worry about. And she was like literally snubbed by those medical doctors. We don't always like them. But anyway, so you know what? She could have done two things. She could have said, you know what? To heck with it. I'm going to do something else with my degree or I'm going to show them. So what did she do? Carol Glazer. She went on to medical school. So now she's a DVM, MPVM, MD, and she was chief of pediatric zoonotic infectious disease at UC San Francisco for years and now works with the CDC. She's a consultant. So talk about an education. But, uh, Consulting is, is big. Oh, so we were talking about our colleague and friend, uh, Mike Dryden. So Mike is Dr. Flea, as Chad mentioned. Uh, he is, in our profession, world-renowned as Dr. Flea. He graduated K-State as well back in 84, and he started working in his first job. And I'm sure, Chad, you heard a lot of this. His first job oh, was yeah. miserable. Hated it. So much so. It wasn't being veteran medicine. It was the doctor he had to work for. So um, he saw that, that Purdue 
was offering a, a combined PhD program in parasitology and also to become board certified in parasitology. So he said, you know what, anything, I hated parasitology, but anything to get out of this job. And he applied for it and he got it. Long story short, he is now the, one of the world's experts on fleas. Uh, in fact, the building at K-State, the parasitology, I believe now is called the Michael C. Dryden Parasitology Building. So he's a big shot. So, and I'm, I'm sure, Chad, you must know of many stories of colleagues, people that you've worked with at the, the big food companies you've worked with at, at Zoetis, well, Pfizer, now Zoetis, that also started vet school without even thinking that they were going to end up doing what they're doing. Yeah, that's so true, Jeff. And really, you know, the, the thing I kind of relate all that back to is that oftentimes people that are wired like a lot of veterinarians are, they have a hard time saying no. So when opportunities come up, they're more likely to say yes because of their curiosity, their sort of confidence, if you will, that, hey, you know what? I can take on a new venture. I can take on something that maybe I don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. But I have the confidence and I have this foundational education that can be applied in a lot of different settings. So veterinarians are really good problem solvers and they don't always kind of get stuck in some people talk about paradigms. They don't get stuck in that paradigm that, oh, I went to vet school. So here's what I have to do. They really sort of explore the world and apply that application to things that give them opportunities. I can tell you this week, I started this last week on Zoom calls with the team that I'm working with. And we're actually, we've been developing a drug for a disease in cats called infectious peritonitis or FIP. And that drug is, a, is being developed as a drug for cats. But the cause of that disease is a coronavirus. Guess what? There's a lot of people interested in that drug right now because it actually has potential to treat a lot of different types of coronaviruses. That was how I started my week working with that team. And they're making great progress in developing that drug. Now, it may end up in human pathways at some point. We don't know, but we're advancing that product as a veterinary company as far as we can go. And then I wrapped up my week working with uh, two of the, the major veterinary associations in our industry, one, the AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association, and then the American Animal Hospital Association, who's working on one of your favorite topics, telemedicine. And as you can imagine, you know, as an industry, you know, veterinary professionals have an opportunity how do they connect with their clients? How do they keep their clients and patients in that understanding of how do we use technology to keep them in the fold? And this is an area that, you know, so I started, you know, on something that if you asked me when I was in vet school, hey, if you can cast forward, you know, 20 plus years, are you going to be working on these things? No way. I would not have said I was working on those type of initiatives. You know, it's funny because I, the same way, well, first of all, I knew that, you know, I was going to be a, a practitioner because that's my, my joy. Um, you know, I've done the, doing this now for 37, my 37th year, and I've yet to work a day in my life. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky. And I think most veterinarians feel that the same way. And, and what's so nice about this is that many, because most veterinary graduates think they're going to go into a practice, that they don't realize how many different doors can open up. And all of a sudden, you become disenchanted. One of my other classmates was a horsey doctor. His license plate actually was horsey doctor as a freshman vet student. So he was equine all the way. And he worked for, I think, as a veterinarian for only five years, which was a joke. And then he went in to become, do a horse training. And actually, he trained some very, very famous horses for the big, the big triple crown races. And then he got into industry. And now he's got it like, like Chad. He's got a consulting firm. 
And he is, first of all, he's making way more money than he would as a vet. And, and he is so big time because he's been able to put together, think about it, horses from the racing training standpoint, horses from the medical standpoint, and now utilizes that knowledge and that experience to help companies who want to do something in the horse world. Now, I'm, you know, I'm a consultant, I guess, because I get hit on by companies knowing that I'm involved in practice and are thinking about a new concept, thinking about telemedicine, thinking about a new drug, new service that could be provided, or a, a company that's thinking of getting into a, the market and want to know what I, what do we think? A new, I, I've already talked about insurance because people see that the need, there is a need for pet insurance. There are a number of companies out there. A new company is thinking about entering the market. They want to know details. They want to know specifics. So they will call a guy like me or a guy like Chad, who's been there, done that. So it is fascinating how many different things that we can do. And, you know, we talked about um, telemedicine. Uh, Chad works with us on AirVet. You know, it is, uh, it's a booming market. In fact, one of our other advisors, uh, board people that we work with, Dr. Lori Teller with the AVMA, she actually has a class, the first course on telemedicine at Texas A&M University. I'm sure I'm going to be speaking there at some point, Chad. Maybe you probably will be too. So, you know, it is something that, that it's huge. But again, who would have thought about anything like this, like Chad said, 20 years ago, you graduated vet school, all you're thinking about is practice. And again, many of the, the people we work with, you know, it's, it's interesting, we go to trade shows, and how many veterinarians are working with companies in booths in some sort of fashion in a part of the profession that has nothing, well, I would say nothing to do with practice, but who no longer practice. But I got to tell you, that practice, the research, your internship at, at AMC, that helps shape and mold what you like because people don't know what you like. Look, I was going to start as a surgeon. And the best thing that ever happened to me was not getting into vet school right away and, and, and having, you know, by the time I got out, my wife would have killed me if I was going to do another four years residency. So, and now what I do is so, for me, it's so much more fulfilling. And you don't, you don't know that until you get into it. I mean, think about what you're doing now. Do you see yourself ever practicing? You know, people ask me that a lot. And, you know, I just, I feel like I can make a contribution in, in such a different way that has such a broader impact. So I spend time with a lot of practitioners and, you know, I enjoy kind of working with them on those types of cases. But um, the reality is, you know, I, there's so many opportunities that I want to explore. I feel like that might limit some of the things that I'd be doing. You know, it's interesting. When I got into media, it was so interesting because, you know, first of all, local colleagues hated my guts uh, until they realized that I was never doing it to promote me. I was pr promoting the profession, helping people, pet, pet parents, you know, and, and it would drive them back to their veterinarians. But and I, when I was getting an argument once with one of them, and I said, you don't realize, think how many clients you see in a day, multiply by how many weeks, how many career, and whatever that number is. Let's say you could see 100,000 clients in your career, patients, right? I do that in one national TV spot. I do 10 times that right. in one national TV spot, helping people. So you, know, you have to look at perspective. If your goal is to educate and to help, then there may be more than just one way to do it. And it's great to explore those. If you know, you work a drug, if I, I assume, I don't know if you're working with Dave, but if you're working yeah. with, you know, if you're working with a guy like Dr. Burette, amazing guy, smart as can be, he is a specialist in internal medicine. And um, he went on to help start this new drug company that is specializing in pharmaceuticals. that no, They're too small, too narrow niche that nobody wants to touch. They don't have the, and, and he's doing great. And I think that yeah, this, we, we call those the unmet medical needs. And we are, we're, we're very active. That was the company that I've been working with. And, right. you know, our, our focus there is that we look across all of medicine and say, you know what, there's actually a gap in veterinary medicine where about 85% of the diseases that pets get we don't really have an approved drug for. 
meaning right. approved in veterinary medical space. So they're right, human drugs. That, right. Yeah. So, so veterinarians have the ability to use them off label. But think about that for a minute. That means that drug was not designed specifically for that particular species. So are there ways to create better drugs that would be more specific to their condition? Absolutely. Um, and we're part of that, you know, movement to try and create those drugs. And it's not easy work, but you have to be able to say, hey, you know what, we can break down some of these barriers. We can take that baseline knowledge. And we use a lot of technology to help drive that. And, you know, it's one of those things that we know that there's a space out there that has yet to be um, sort of chartered through when it comes to developing new drugs. And the really cool thing about that, and they don't really touch on this in veterinary school as well, is this idea that when we're going down this pathway of treating, in this instance, either a dog or a cat, pets, they're being treated similarly for, for children. Um, so there's a lot of common overlaps that happen there. And as veterinarians, I think we kind of have an obligation because we were trained across so many different species that we can apply that knowledge to different species and have an impact. And, you know, for our listeners, you know, one such example really are the NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, that there are really no good ones, uh, safe ones that we can recommend for a client, for their pet. And most of the ones we recommend are veterinary only. There are a couple of them do cross. Meloxicam, for example, does. But there's no carprofen in human medicine. You know, there's um, no uh, derecoxibin in human medicine. So, you know, we, so when you get that call, especially when we're dealing in telemedicine, and we want to say, what do you have in your medicine cabinet that we could try? There are very few things. I, you know, I mean, Tylenol will kill a cat. Not good. Ibuprofen, uh, naproxen, they're not good for dogs. So we have to be very careful. So to have that ability to have a company that you're working with that is really focusing on those on pet specific medications, um, I think is, is is terrific. And you know, Dave is smart as can be, and, and what a, and a funny guy too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, just to piggyback on something you said there, Jeff, around this idea of you know we don't have a lot of these these products in the veterinary space, and oftentimes you know we get what they call the hand me downs from human healthcare. You know, a drug company in the human healthcare space may be developing a drug and they decide, well, for some reason it doesn't work and or it doesn't have the same safety profile. So they hand it off and say, well, we can't do anything with it. Sometimes that ends up being a veterinary drug. We're actually flipping that paradigm and trying to start it the other way. Um, the other thing has to do with, you know, how these products are tested. I mean, it's really important. You know, I'm working with Umove. One of the things that they as a company have invested in is the science of the product, but also to go out and work with veterinarians to test the products to prove that they work. Um, you have to do that for drug approvals. Food companies, nutritional supplement companies don't have to take that same stance just to sell a product. That's why I always encourage pet owners to work with your veterinarian because they know how to kind of filter through all that science and all that marketing material to figure out, hey, is there a product out there that's going to deliver the benefits for whatever my pet's needs are? So um, this is good stuff. And I, I hope many of you out there really understand how lucky I am, how lucky Chad is to be in this profession. You know, I, and I often say this, I don't know how many people can say that, that if you had to do it all over again, all right, go back to your college days and, you know, think about a profession, would you change or would you do the same thing? I would 100% do exactly the same thing. It is, it's I'm the best thing you. ever. Absolutely, yeah. And I would say most, most of my, uh, our colleagues, I think are the same way. I find very few, I, I, you look, you do meet them, but I find very few that are disenchanted with now they may become disenchanted in practice, but whoa, so many doors can open up. There's so many different things they can do. So I think that's uh, that's great. And I I'm actually, I'm actually surprised if I meet a veterinarian who is doing nothing in the animal space after a certain amount of number of years. My thought is, what did you do wrong? There was something that that hit you in your when you were in your in your profession 
that you just didn't handle the right way. You didn't learn how to delegate. You did. You got caught up in some bad stuff because if you do it right and you have that right focus, I think it's it's the best thing ever. Anyway, it, uh, that's yeah. all we have time for today. Uh, Chad, thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, again, you move. You me today. Uh, thank you. Glad I'm glad you were here. Uh, you move. Uh, where can people get it? Yeah. So best thing to do is talk to your veterinarian. The product they sell is really a vet exclusive product. So talk to your vet. Ask them about you move advanced 360. If you want to read more about it, you can go to youmove.com. That's yumove.com. There's some great information in there that talks about the products and all the features and benefits. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, uh, if you need to get a hold of me, you can always reach me here, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, you can also download and, and talk to me personally uh, on uh, AirVet. Just put uh, Jeff Telehospital as your hospital. If, they, if your vet is not on our platform, if they are, uh, but if you go into the App Store, I love this. If you go into the App Store and you put in Pet Telemedicine, why? Because you think there's got to be Pet Telemedicine somewhere. And you're going to see AirVet uh, over 2,000 five-star reviews. Um, we're, we're really doing well out there. And uh, we'd love to chat with you and help you with your pets. And clients, oh my God, they engage back and forth so well because they love the service. Clients love to talk to somebody 24-7, have the opportunity to help with their pets. And um, the alternative, going to an emergency clinic, sometimes you need it, but a lot of times you don't. So, um, well, uh, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Chad, once again, thank you and thanks to you, Move. And we will uh, be back here next week, same time, same channel here on Pet Life Radio. Have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.